0: So welcome back everybody, here we are again, and yet in another configuration for the ones who can actually see, on, see us on YouTube. For the ones who are not seeing us on YouTube, we keep changing our iterations, so now I'm just with, together with yoga at our place, is back in his hometown in Sweden, and we keep grinding, so here you can find us. Um, yeah, today we want to talk about something that kind of blew my mind last week, I was just randomly browsing the internet. And uh, I found something very interesting that I got a chance to share with my two fellows here, and we would like to discuss it. And would you have any like previous remarks before I actually start, or just like to say hello to everybody? No,
1: I, I, I actually get, yeah, I like to say hello to everybody. And the first thing that comes to my mind is how not only blew your mind, but like when you also suggested the topic for us to talk about it, we actually thought you had like written a typo. Um, maybe Eddie you can just give it a, d- a deeper dive into that.
0: What about you, Eddie? Wanna say hello to the hello to the folks? What's up, everyone? No, I think it's just an interesting topic in general. So, just waiting for you to present it duly and get into it, really. Yeah, the, the presentation I'll try to make it as clean as possible because we actually can. I will show you a video and just very short. Uh, but the reason why I got so interested in this, and you already read it in the title, I'm going to start by talking about the concept of underpopulation. And yes, you heard me right: under, not overpopulation was because I was listening to a TED Talk, just a one-on-one talk between Elon Musk and an interview, And I'm sorry that I do not know the interviewer's name now. I didn't do my homework in that sense. Um, but yeah, there's a very short excerpt where Elon Musk just says, I'm very worried about underpopulation, and I'm trying to set an example just by having seven kids. But it's better if I I just show you the video as well to Diogo and Etienne. we We go from there. So let's go. You know, I like to... As we wrap up now, just pull the camera back and just think—you're a father now of
1: seven uh-huh. surviving kids—and and well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to set a good example because the birth rate on Earth is so low that we're facing civilizational collapse unless the birth rate re, re, uh, returns to a sustainable level. Yeah,
2: you've talked about this a lot. That depopulation is a big problem, and
1: we—we—yes, we, people don't understand. Population how collapse is uh, one of the biggest threats to the future of human civilization
0: well from this point he changes the topic so i don't feel like it's worth keep, like to keep watching the video i recommend the whole video if you want to watch it but this was just my uh, my introduction to the point point. and uh he doesn't say too much here but that's what got me to dig deeper and i actually wrote an article about it you can see it here on the screen but just go to manix.com and read it um so yeah, do you guys have any initial impressions just from hearing Elon Musk saying this?
2: It makes a ton of sense, uh, in my opinion. Um, obviously, and we're going to get into that later, it's been the narrative that we've been fed throughout our like upbringing. But I think most people, when you ask them, also normally say, yeah, I want like one to two kids. So you can see like most people do not want more kids because they feel like it's a cost which is another point in this um which is why i actually wanted a good example as well in the future and have like five which when i say this sounds crazy people like why do you want five kids? that's too much and i'm like why is that a lot like why is that too much because that's just how we have been led to believe now that five kids is like too much kids to a lot of kids when in fact we need a lot of kids to keep going so yeah i'm on the elon train in that regard
0: okay but um Of course, you having kids as... How would I put this? The narrative we've been fed is, of course, a bit skewed. And at least from our Portuguese reality, my experience has been that, yeah, the world is not enough for everybody. At some point, the resources will end. This is is going to be overly polluted. There's not space for everybody. We are cancer on Earth. Like, it can can go very, very toxic very quick uh, just by being, I would say self-deprecating as a species we just say we're bad and we know we're bad
2: because with your own point that we're like polluting the world and this is why (laughs) i just it just came to my mind now this is why we had the avengers and thanos basically wiping out half of the world because we were (laughs) overpopulating and we were like that makes actually kind of sense because we didn't have enough resources and half of the uh, world needed to go so it's like even in that regard in terms of the movies we've been watching it's been the same narrative of overpopulation. So just had that thought but yeah carry on
0: Actually it's fun that you that you brought this up I hadn't thought about this Previously to the podcast But there are a lot of movies I cannot name them all by name now But where the concept is You have an anti-hero And the anti-hero is always the guy That's trying to save the world Through the most like messed up way And usually the messed up way Is to kill a lot of people Because we are overpopulated So this is also fed to us in some ways During like subliminal messages Or these uh, um, inferred messages from movies So I think it's also, a very Western message. I'm not sure. I cannot speak for people in other cultural environments, but from the Western point of view, also it adds up with the graphs I'm, I, I want to show you and I want to share with everybody. And this is actually for the people that are listening to us in any podcast platform. I would invite you to come to the YouTube channel now because we're going to show some graphs and it would be nice if you could follow along with at least the images. Um, I'll also try to put the links for these charts in the in the podcast itself, but it's better if you can follow along. Um, regardless, my point is, Elon Musk got me curious, so I dug deeper, and now I want also your opinion on a couple of things. Um, but before I go into that, I was I was just a bit shocked by this counter let's um, say counter idea, and I also found it. On Jordan Peterson, for instance, we do love talking about him, um, but he's also one of the advocates that we are in, like going down the way of a uh, population collapse. But I don't, I didn't actually find that many people that we could respect as entrepreneurs or businessmen that are actually advocating for this idea. Most people don't really care for it. What do you think? Yeah, that is?
1: I think it's just like so such a distant. Uh, it is distant. Like when you see, when I mean, you look at the charts, like you only see the repercussions of it in like fifty years from now. Um, And we do still have the feeling that there's a lot of people uh, on this earth because I do believe also that we have older people getting older and they remain as people are still being born and as kids are still being born and I think the death rate at this point, I don't know if it's higher or lower than the birth rate but I would say it's been aiding to the fact that we have all this problem of overpopulation in the sense that we just see the population just growing and growing and growing around the world. And I think it's the imbalance that there is between westernized societies where you see that the birth rate is actually coming down, but the death rate is also becoming at a much slower, it's, it's, it's just being at a slower, as a slower pace as people just live longer. And then you have usually underdeveloped countries with a lot of kids, which are contributing to the um, average of the world being still high and actually being maybe at all-time highs. But if we pass the peak or not, as we're probably going to see next in the charts, that's a question that we still have to answer. Um, but I also think it's important to, for us to think not only of underpopulation, in the sense that we are having a birth rate that's lower than what we used to have. I need. I, I also would like to think if um, the way that we live right now um, in westernized countries, if everybody lived like us, I do think that could be a problem for civilization if... Um, and there were uh, seven billion people or eight billion people living like us, uh, in the sense that I would love everybody to live like that, but I don't know if there is actually enough resources or enough space for everybody to live like that. So that's also a matter that I think it's, it should be addressed on this podcast.
0: We we should, and I also would like to know your opinion on this. Uh, after I make a small comment, Eddie, uh, my my comment would be in this podcast that I or in this TED talk that I heard from Elon. He says, "Yeah, um, resources on Earth." Energy-wise, or of course, physical resources like um, the ones we extract from it, oil, whatever, usually have an end. But energy-wise, which is also a big problem in being sustainable, he says, yeah, we are on a very good technological way for us to be solar and mostly wind-powered. like uh, powered. Maybe nuclear. He's also an advocate for nuclear power um, like in the next decades. And then we have solved the problem of energy, but then we still have the resource problem, which can also be solved through science advancements Um, but in in that sense he believes that the biggest problem is not that does not lie with the technological challenge or the technical challenge um as opposed to this he believes the problem is with within us where we are going down a path where reproduction is not sustainable up to a point where human race like is a stable has a stable amount of individuals around the world what do you think Eddie?
2: The last part you said We don't have enough reproduction For us to have a stable
0: Population So Stable population is a population That gets renewed every year So Mm -hmm. Like you Ideally You reach a plateau Where the number of humans Does not change a lot And this is the human population And we are Like healthfully Developing technologically And also mentally But we don't Overgrow our world Also we don't get to a point Where we We Commit, uh, I would say, suicide. Population suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Self genocide. Self genocide. It's, it's an interesting concept. And uh, Jordan Peterson had talked about this on a video where he says, where he said that he had seen a professor saying like, uh, "Stop having kids." Maybe I'm paraphrasing a bit and not correctly, but he he saw a professor saying, "Don't have kids. You are killing the world. Like they don't, they won't have a pretty future." And he was very at least it, he seemed very, um, let's say, irritated by this idea, by this concept that a professor was impinging this into the students, and he basically raised raised his hand and got, and went against his professor. And then the other professor was butthurt. But um, it doesn't seem like everybody is in, in on the same boat. Right. And the narrative that we are going to our own demi- produce our own demise through overusage of everything is still prevalent. so everything everybody says like we're gonna we're gonna kill ourselves by doing too much and so yeah, I, think, I say
1: we're gonna do too little yeah I think it's now a good
0: time maybe to look at the charts then because then we get a better idea okay just as a small introduction for everybody that we're not going to try and make this all about uh, charts because I think it's not comfortable for everybody but we're just going to lo- look at the world Japan is a very fam- famous case so I'm also going to take a look at Japan uh, and then I would like to look at US Europe and China and we're just going to look at how the population is going to evolve, how the age distribution is going to evolve. The fertility rate, which in essence for everybody that's listening or viewing us, is the number of kids on average that a woman has. So the population population renewal would be ideally two. If it's lower, population is going to decline. If it's higher, population is going to grow. Easy. Assuming she only has one husband, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, basically, each couple produces two kids. And also, we're going to look at Yoko suggested to the death versus birth rates and see how they are evolving through these countries. So, I'm actually sharing everything with these guys. And let's start with the the world. This is world would be here. So let's look at population first. We can clearly see, and I'm not going to dwell on it, that. Oh, the world tendency would be to reach a plateau at 11 billion people around 2,100. So, less than 80 years from now, we will reach a plateau as a world. Damn, will I ever be alive at 2,100? Well, you would be 102. And two? Yes, you would be 102. Do you believe Damn. you going to have healthy habits till then? I don't want to be 100. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is just... Uh, a point. This is shown. Then we also have, as I said, uh, the chart for for age distribution, and we can also see it here the population by broad age groups. And there's a plateau also for the working force (25 to 64). Uh, youth is uh, now almost reaching a plateau and then declining. And old ages, so 65 and plus, are going is going to raise constantly. Like now it's raising, but it's going to keep going up. Um, which is expected. Then I come here to total fertility, which is currently above two. And this is mainly due to African countries, which have very high fertility rates. So each woman, for instance, in Nigeria has um, an average of seven kids, which is quite a lot. Um, And you can also see here the annual or the average annual number of births and deaths, which are converging to a point where It matches a plateau. So it's, if they match births and deaths, births and deaths, the world's population is going to plateau. That's to be expected. Um, but yeah, this is the world tendency. What then got me curious was, let's, let's look at Japan because it's a very known case. Japan has reached a peak and is going down. Look at the population. Uh, Japan is expected to go back to the population that they had in 1950. At around 2075, something like this. So, in 50 years, Japan is gonna be like it was 70 years ago, which is ridiculous. Um, Also, you can also see the age groups. In Japan, currently, we, and the the workforce, we already passed the peak of of people being in the workforce, and there is a growth in people of age that's gonna decline a bit, but in Japan, it doesn't look good as you can see by these charts. And I don't, don't want to dwell too much on it because we have a lot of charts to process and then try to give, get our point um, across. But yeah, then you have the um, fertility rate here. In Japan, is below 2, as it would be expected. So the population is declining. It is compatible with the, the population curve we saw. And then we also have what they call here the average annual number of births and deaths. And deaths are already higher than births. And this is not going to change. So, so, in Japan, people are going to die more than people are going to be born. Just a
2: caveat there. Does is Japan. This is quite horrible. But don't they have a reasonably high suicide rate as well?
0: They also have a reasonably high suicide rate, and I'm also. We can discuss this later in greater depth. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a lot to do with culture, and a lot to do with how technological advancements have pushed people apart. Yeah. Um, but we can get a bit a bit into more detail later. I just want to quickly go through all the graphs and then take some conclusions from it. So this is Japan. This is the most known case, I would say, at least in the Western countries. But then let's look at uh, our own Western society, at least Europe as we know it. You look at this chart of population and it's no better. We are at le- we are currently at the peak of population Europe is going to see, according to UN predictions. So this all of these charts are coming from... Um, the UN, United Nations, so if you call it fake news, it's your problem, I guess. These statistics have been collected uh, by specialists and... I don't know, censors are... You can fake them, but what's the point? Um, My point here is we are at the peak of European population, and if we look at this chart at 2100, we'll be at the same level as we were in in the 60s, which is ridiculous. also, age groups, you can also see it here, so youth is... I mean, I
1: don't... Can I just say something? Yeah, I, I don't mean, I don't mean to, I don't know, to interrupt, but I think... That, I don't know if it's ridiculous or not. I think it's... We need to find the the average population that suits the Earth, and as I, I've, I've been actually seeing it more or less, so like on the world, this is definitely, definitely, definitely like an, um, a reality. And, and in Japan, it was almost, even though there was a small disparity between death and, and birth rates. But I think as long as we see ourselves in 2075, with the, that's that's the, the, the metric that's more important to me, when the birth and death rates are more or less aligned. When this happens, then we're going to reach the plateau of population that's that's healthy, I would say. But the thing is, it doesn't happen... So, it, so for my opinion, just to finish, I, I don't think that uh, looking at Europe and saying that, yeah, we're going to be below 740 million, uh, going back to 1950 levels... That could be a good thing or a bad thing, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, that's the only thing I'm
0: saying. I like, I like why you're taking this, my, my point is the plateau as a world is achieved by a decline in, Europe, in Western societies, at least in this point, or in this uh, view, and a raise in the countries where now they're most underdeveloped, so I would say India, um, Africa, the fertility rates there are quite high, so population is going to still go up, still be going up there. The thing is offset by the population going down in every other country where the fertility rate is below 2. That is if you believe that they're never going to be developed. Hmm? That is only if you believe that they're never going to be developed. Well, I do hope that in the next decades they become more developed and then they also will reach a plateau. But the thing is, the tendency currently is this. So if Europe is reaching it now at the point where these countries are developed, then maybe they get into the same tendency. And yes, then, and then
1: it happens the same that happened also with Europe where it was developing, so the population just grew up a lot, and then it went down. So, but they have to go through the same process that we had to go, but a, a few years later,
0: a yeah, few hundred years later. So you're saying that in general, after 2100, when these countries eventually become developed, the tendency will be for the world population to disappear?
1: No, because then the, the, the Europe, that's what I was saying, that what matters to me is the birth and the death rate. Is more or less stagnant. So it, when I looked at the world one, it was it was implicit like in 2075 or some sh- or some, or something like that. That we have like the um, the birth and death rate that would be more or less the same the same one. So that's good. I'm just saying that maybe having now as many people as we do in in the western in the western society is not what's needed. And what's needed is going to be that tendency afterwards where you have the birth and the death rate more or less aligned, and that brings us over to I don't know 500 million in Europe, 600 million in Europe. I don't know. I don't know the exact numbers. Of course, nobody knows. Uh, and I'm just saying that could be the reality. I think dropping
0: down in terms of population could not be a problem if this happens in the future. That's all I'm saying. I, I understand. But now let's, then let's look at Europe's numbers because we're just looking at population. And then we also have the... Yeah, I want to see the
1: birth and death rate. Let me,
0: let me just go through the age groups. So age groups, currently uh, we are as, a, a bit like Japan, past the peak of uh, what would be the workforce. And then we are aging, 65, like the purple line is going up and it's going to stagnate at some point. But then youth in general... Uh, between 0 and 24 is going down, but not at a very high rate. But answering your question, you can see here on the left, but it will be on the main screen, that the uh, births and deaths, uh, deaths is always going to be higher than births for years to come. So it's it's a declining population for sure. And this is why it reaches a plateau as a world, because it doesn't stop growing in Africa. It's just going to grow, or Africa or any other country that has a very high f- fertility rate. It's just going to... Curb itself a bit because now it's a bit over over the the top, and and in general that's what balances out. These births are going down like crazy. The births are going down like crazy, yeah. And this is of course a prediction, and you can see this um, uh, confidence interval here. That's quite big for births and quite narrow for deaths because I guess it's easier to predict deaths than births, and births I would argue are culturally related. We can discuss this in a bit, but yeah, let's let's go through this. Also, f- fertility below two—the line of two. We have the in green here the um, the world fertility rate, which we already had seen, and then Europe is already below two. It is expected to grow a bit, but not enough to renew population. Um, yeah. Then let's go to the last two countries, China. China is a country that nobody, uh, everybody thinks is overpopulated, but they also reached a plateau. Currently, you can see you can see it here. Even if in the best case scenario, their population is not going to go even higher than this. So they're Expected to go down. You can also see it even more strong than Japan. That the workforce in Japan is declining a lot. Sure. Yeah, and in the, like in Japan, Japan, sorry, China. In China, the workforce is declining a lot. or expected to decline a lot. The old, the old people, so plus sixty-five, are raising, but they're going to find a plateau. And in general, population is going to decline. That's that's the prediction from the UN right now. You can also see the average births and birth rates and uh, yeah births and deaths here. Yo, look at that birth, that confidence interval. Yeah, because China doesn't have a lot of information that's posted out there, so this is always estimations. And of course, if you don't have so much good data, you're going to have more uncertainty, and that's why you have such a big difference. But still, there is a very wide possibility for births and deaths to be very offset from each other. And in general, China here you can see that their current Fertility rate, number of kids per woman. I, I'll say it again: is below two, never going or never going to exceed two, according predictions. Well, we have the optimistic ones, which say, like, up to twenty by 2027, it might, like, optimistically, go above. But let's see; it depends on their policies. But it's Finally, self-inflicted. It's self-inflicted, yes.
2: Yeah, because they put this. Yeah, I mean, I don't if I South China, I might get cancelled, but. Um, they were the ones that put their policy that restricted childbirth to let this. So it's basically their own fault.
0: It is, but at the same at the same time, they are trying to change it. As I wrote in my article, and as you can see online, they had the one child policy so famously inserted in China, uh, like in 1980, around 1980. Since then, 2016, they said, "Wait, this is dumb. Uh, we need to upgrade this." And they said, "Like our maximum limit is now two kids," and that didn't work. So now the maximum kids are free. The thing is, it's so ingrained into their culture that it's still, I would say, maybe not expected for people to have more than one. Like you, you've been told for 40 years you can only have one. Now try and change that. Yeah. Like, just let yourself through the last charts, because it's, this is a very interesting one that goes against my uh, own tendency, or at least what I thought would be a tendency. For the US, the US population growth is expected to continue. But, but let me just really quickly go to the fertility chart. Um, it's below two. So my guess is immigration. Because the U.S. is still the land of opportunity, at least in our terms. Yeah, but
1: it's so difficult to get into the U.S. right now.
0: Man, but still everybody tries to go there. You always it's have the true, American yeah. dream and it's a land of opportunity. It's really hard to get a green card and to work there. Well, I, I don't see anything else justifying this because you can see here also from the population uh, by age groups workforce is going to continue growing a, a, old people is going to continue growing and kids are also going to continue growing but this is not supported by their fertility rate which means that these people need to come from somebody from somewhere else mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like yeah, they, 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 they cannot sense. generate people out of, out of thin air if they, have, if they have less than two kids per woman, yeah
2: Because even though it's hard to get the visa, people's st- it doesn't make people less inclined to apply for a visa. People might still get declined, but people still want to go there. So, and it still take
0: a high number. But do rate, they? High the the question year.
1: though is if they, if they count for these demog- demographics.
0: I I would say it should count for these demographics because at some point you can apply to be a citizen.
2: Yeah,
0: and and then you become American population. Yeah, but well, that's relying on the on, on on becoming part of the American population. Yeah, but you can also have data on that.
1: I don't know, I see just such a big gap and, and so many so many people being added to the, um, to the whole United States, popul- United States of America to the population spectrum that I don't think it can only come from those specific cases. I don't know, maybe.
0: I would like to brainstorm because if you look just at the fertility rate, they are, it's not enough for them to sustain their, super super their population. That's why you need to think about other ways population would still grow. But I love the death and, and birth rate. Ah, premise. sorry, I'll, I'll show you death and birth rates. I love
1: it. That's how it
0: should be. Yeah, birth. Yeah, in, in the US, they are they are matching at least. But the uncertainty here is also quite high. If you can see, for at least for births, it's, it's very high. Which um, is interesting because that kind of goes against. That. I don't think the US would have any problems sharing the data with us. I, I guess this is if I within my own logic also to to do with immigration. Now, it's, how it's, many people immigrate to the US every year? Yeah, that's a that's a cool chart you could you could pull up. You can also see maybe the immigration rates. Uh, I, I'm going to try. Immigration numbers US by year. So it's been growing steadily since 1980. I would have just love, love to see a chart to show you guys.
1: There Wasn't there a chart at the beginning of this uh, page? Is I was...
0: I saw a chart yes let me just go
1: population growth rates with and without migration
0: but the growth rate is still above zero so without migration oh, but basically with migration population growth is double for the US with migration without migration it's half so it's it kind of makes a bit of sense Well, I would not like to dwell too long on it. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's interesting to assess, and I'll just leave this as homework for you guys. Um, And also for us. Yeah, I think we should focus more on
1: maybe the reasons that we see for this happening or what could be the potential solutions for it.
0: Yeah, let me just quickly reset the camera before it shuts down, because I need to learn from my past mistakes. Good, then I can actually charge my computer as well. (laughs) Which is on the lifeline. Okay, hopefully what I did will not lead to the camera going down on us. Um, Going out on us, I mean. Going down would be a bit weirder. Um, Okay. So (laughs) that was a bit of a delayed reaction. I was just
1: like looking at some stuff and then I was like processing what you said.
0: (laughs) Going down on us. I love that we're still recording at the end for whoever is on our our YouTube channel, you just got a very privileged view of Etty. You're welcome. (laughs) Because Etty was carrying his computer around. (laughs) (laughs) Where where he's recording from. Doesn't matter. Um, Okay, so we'll look at the numbers. Um, I didn't show most of the information to you guys before. Of course you read my article. But now, I would like to start and discuss potential problems. Let's brainstorm. What do you think are potential problems that are causing, at least in Europe, everything to, to just go down? In terms of like population wise? Yeah, I've, I've, I see from the charts that Europe is going down the Jap- Japanese road, like with a bit of years in delay, but it, it, the tendency is the same, its population to sink.
1: No, yes, of course, you can see that because um, before that, like in 1950, 1996, everybody, everybody would stay home with the kids, like, especially the women. Uh, so it was common for people who have two to three kids, uh, no worries. I mean, usually the generation of our parents, they always have brothers and sisters, there are almost no single kids as when reason as our peers and our friends i know a lot of single kids a lot of like not single kids but like in the sense like a only child and my question uh, is why
0: of course that's what you see that's a fact what why why no i was telling this? you
1: because people who stay at home especially moms who stay at home so they have to they have time to take care of the kids and many other times also having more kids would mean more time that they dedicate at home and now it's just seen as a as an obstacle to the career so women having a kid only one Already a really big problem to their own careers, and they think that maybe um, having one is enough because they satisfy the, the need of, of living some descendancy. Uh, but in the end, they just don't care about the, the birth rates that are going down. And of course, they also don't want to risk their, their careers, and I think they want to put it in, in, in the first place um, as it's also legitimate that they put it. Um, but maybe we should just advise and let's first discuss the problems and then go to the solutions.
0: What about you, Eddie? What problems do you see?
1: <laughs> they got tricked. Everybody got tricked.
2: They tricked y'all. They tricked y'all into believing <laughs> that a career will be more fulfilling than having ki- children, which is the most beautiful thing in the world. It's like absolute ri- ridiculous to believe that I'm not going to have kids because I'm going to focus on my career. What, yeah. what career is going to care about you when you're like 70 years old where you don't have your grandchildren's love around you? It's absolutely ridiculous. I think they got tricked into thinking that... Those type of things, the more it's it's not materialistic, but it's just a title. It's going to be more fulfilling in your life, Um, and the feminist wave has a big part to play in that. But it's also about the
0: financializing part as well. So I think that is is a big reason for that. Okay, so we need we need to pick what you just told a bit apart because you just mentioned a couple of uh, big topics. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about feminism first and. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to be rude. I'm just. I'm not saying that feminism is a problem. I'm just saying that the empowerment of women also brings along with it. its many um, good sides a couple of downsides. And I've, it's like Diogo was saying: if career is now in, in, on the table as a very interesting choice, then a kid is obviously, and especially for women who need to carry them around for nine months and then also be a very <laughs> important part of this child's life during young years. Not that a father is not, but still, uh, you get my point. Uh, it's um, an obstacle for a career, or at least a challenge, if you want to grow your career.
2: Yeah, no, no absolutely. Of course, it plays a big part, in as an obstacle, because obviously, as you are then um, off work with your child, it leaves people, other people, the chance to grow. But I, I just think it's ridiculous to think that that will play a part. For me, being the mother is the most beautiful thing you can be. And um, obviously, as you said, the feminist way has let people want to work um, instead. But what I, what I don't like, because the fundamental of it, it was very important to sort of the women's rights. What I don't like, it has led to people shaming other women for wanting to have, to stay and have children. So some women don't want to, say, work their whole life and pursue an aggressive career um, as mostly men do and sacrifice a lot to reach the pinnacle. Um, but... And that, that has led people not liking women that want to do that as well and should, like aggressively push them to pursue a career, which is not wrong, but there should be a balance to it. But I think people should be encouraged more to have kids instead of just being encouraged to pursue careers because we could care less about that
0: at the end of the day. That's not the thing that matters to life, in my opinion. Well, but I would, I would contrague, sorry, Diogo, uh, that that's easy for you to say as a man because mm. usually, and this is a fact usually the career of the father is not so affected when you have a kid as the career of the mother that's my point because and the career of the mother usually stagnates they, yeah. there's for most women there's not as it's not easy to find a balance between all of that motherly attention that you want to give to your child and focusing on your work enough that you can get promotions that involve as well so mm-hmm. your time is not infinite you need to divide it amongst both things, or even more things, if you have hobbies, and you also need to pay attention to your husband at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think women have it harder.
2: Of course, there's no doubt women have it harder with terms of a career. That's that I would never dispute. But thinking that it will be worth sacrificing kids in total for a career is what people, they've been telling people for a long time. And that, in my in my opinion, is wrong, because it's not be like one thing over the other, you should still be encouraged to have kids. It should be a better way to incentivize people to still have kids without this being a detriment to their careers. I don't know how it works with like motherly laws in other countries, but it's very favorable here in Sweden when it comes to that. So it doesn't, it's not too much of a detriment. I think, and of course, every country does not have this opportunity as we have over here. Um so that plays a big part. But it's also of the cost of like thinking that kids are a cost as well. Um and that comes to the other point which is the financialization part of the kids. That's saying I don't want to have kids because they're too expensive. Um there has it has never been something that people like thought about thought about before if you want to have kids you had them and you made it work. But now because people are so focused on the money and their careers, they're seeing the kids as a burden
1: which is in my opinion is messed up.
0: Any thoughts on this, Diogo?
1: I'm trying to think because uh, I've talked about this a lot in my, in my previous articles. Like I've, I grew up with a lot of uh, not powerful but empowered women, um, and I see their example. And I don't want to, I don't want to say this, and I don't want, I don't want to mean it badly in a bad way. And I do believe women have it harder, but I think if you're committed enough, then you can have anything, everything. everything. Like I could just look at my sister and she's a badass lawyer and has three kids and everything's going well. She's going up in her career like crazy. There is no stopping her. So, I mean, of course, it's harder not saying otherwise. But I think it's also a matter of perspective and a matter of grind. If you really want to be able to dedicate yourself to a job 24-7 and also be a mother, a really good a really good one, there is a way. It's just going to take a toll on you on your body, on your um, psych- psychology, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be harder, definitely, definitely. You have to pay attention to the, to different spheres at the whole time, and um, that's gonna take a toll on you, of course. It's not gonna be easy, and of course, staying at home as a mother, uh, I don't see it wrong, and I actually see a little bit of um, I don't know if it's shameful for women uh, to recognize this, but I think that some at at this point in 2020, our generation, I saw this back in Portugal a lot. And I can still see it in some other countries. I think women are now also going back a little bit to their roots, and many of them to their roots—not in the sense that there was ever their roots, but like they, they want, like going back in time again. And not even—I'm not saying that they, they, they feel they don't want to be that empowered, but also they feel. I, I think they feel they have now more the option of staying home um, and, and being home with the kids instead of just having to grind. Because I think the generation of our parents was just more much more like oh my god, you're a woman, you want to stay home? What are you doing? Because we just got the, the opportunity of coming out and doing our stuff and being free women. Uh, so no, nobody would do it. And and I think now, there's we've so we've, we've passed the peak of uh, all the feminism, I'd say, like uh, becoming really, really, really good in their careers and, and etc. To get now to a point where women feel they have the, the freedom to choose to want to stay home. And I don't think there should be shame for it.
0: No, for sure not, but... That, that's very interesting that you mentioned it, because if even if that's the tendency, data shows that population is still going to go down, so that's not even if it's the tendency now, it's not enough. And uh, this Yeah, t- then we
1: could trace it back to other problems, of course, but I think the um, the tendency, um, we could also see from the graphs that the birth rate, it was actually, s- supposedly in almost all these charts that show this, the birth rate was actually going up, even though it was a slower pace and many times
0: below two, it was going up that it, well i think
1: we, we, we passed the the valley of it oh
0: well, but we're certainly not doing enough in any way even if it goes up it's not enough to be sustainable
1: yeah, it's a very delicate it's a very delicate thing cuz I, I do think women should have and are amazing workers and an amazing addition to the workforce but it's also bi- biologically impossible to be able to many times just being able, able to handle everything cuz women like my my, my sister they, they, aren't, they aren't necessarily that many, and also, like, as full support as she has from her husband, that's also necessarily a really good thing that she has, so he helps a lot. Uh, so, there has to be a really good balance in between, uh, and I think that many times people don't have this uh, or don't feel this, this confidence in their partner to be able to delegate uh, and trust each other that much. So, that's a, I think that's that could be a problem, uh, and I think, of course, men need to evolve to a point where they feel like they they could as well like uh, uh, be able to be there, there for the kids without um, injuring their careers in the sense that they'd be just missing out on opportunities. But I think also women should be able to be more flexible and stop being so annoyingly feminist, like saying that they have to uh, progress with their careers whatsoever and also recognize our biology as men and women. As I said many times before in our articles, if you do acknowledge our biology and if you do acknowledge our inner instance they're going to be successful and i think that's going to be the, the best way of
0: um, looking at life you, you touched a very good point there i feel like it's easier f- for this situation that you described for your sister to happen if you actually have a team so basically mm-hmm. the husband being a very important part in this and taking a lot of responsibility for the time uh but it's yeah i, I would just like to leave it as a problem because if, even even if you have people like your sister which are very dynamic and are able to keep free kids still be a lawyer and be rising in their careers because they have a supportive husband this is not the reality for most and this is what's leading up to the downfall and i would also like to bring another point to the discussion which is i think through all the technological developments that we've had in the past decades people are just growing apart and it's more difficult for people to actually relate. Uh, i'm I i do not have a chart now and i'm I don't really make yeah that's... I don't I really w- want to get it now because i it's it's gonna be a tangent but I from my own intuition, I feel like there are less and less couples that actually go to a point where they eventually get married and have kids like relationships are still a normal thing, but people find it harder to either commit or whenever they actually have a relationship, they don't have kids because it's against like convenience of career. And kids are a financial burden. So you're saying yeah. that
1: there's less relationship, there are less relationships right now than there were before, maybe.
0: I, I would say that, from my perspective, and li- having lived in Germany and in Portugal, and having talked to po- people from many cultures, I and also we can make an, I can make a contrast with people from South America, having been there. It's I find it's way harder to initiate something relationship related in Europe than in other country because it's way simpler in South America than in Europe in Europe you always have like your self being stuck in the matrix as we talked about you so you're basically just
1: saying like call, calling people just being able to make conversations yeah. not missing out on
0: opportunities going out yeah. not saying home precisely like, the extreme of this is Japan suicide rates are I, I don't know Japan personally you've been there but uh, I also don't know if it was enough to actually know their culture to that point but I remember going to... Technology separates people a lot. And also the pressure from work. So they grew to a point where relating to everybody else is so intimidating. I always say that. I always say that. It's true. It's so intimidating to relate to everybody else. And you feel... You find yourself in such a pressure cooker that at at some point killing yourself might seem like the best option. Because you're not meeting the honor standards for what would be normal for you to do at work. Or uh, your parents... Are expecting you to have a wife or uh, some kids, and you don't meet that? I think because the Japanese you culture
1: is a really particular one, so I don't think we can relate to that one specifically. Yeah, Being it's a bit the West, harder for me a, as well. It's really difficult. It's really different. So, um, also in terms of relationships, it is true that they've become really apart. I mean, they have even bots nowadays they you know, just pretend that they have girlfriends. And I think that's kind of worrying. Um, so people that cannot actually just interact with each other, uh, especially, I also think that could, could also be a problem with. Uh, the rising of porn. Uh, porn is accessible to everyone. so many many of the times even the the need of having to be in contact with the the opposite sex, or just having to uh, having access to sex itself just becomes a little bit uh, over uh, underrated uh, as you have just uh, free available porn everywhere with all the amazing scenes or whatever that you might uh, want to see and, and and therefore satisfying your own curiosity, your sexuality, whatever. And I think there's a lot of problems also in, within uh, the porn industry itself on the way it kind of like handles people.
0: It's um, easy access to, yeah. I would say, sexual satisfaction, which is not yes. the proper one because it's still self self reliant. You don't have yeah, a, exactly. you don't have a partner. You're just yourself, and you have some incentive. Yeah,
2: yeah, that could be a really good feature. Well, I think it's also the reason you mentioned the South America part. and Another. Um, yeah, society in general, and I think one of the main things there's the, um, Europe, for instance, is more individualistic, whereas the other countries are more family oriented, and it goes they're all intertwined in a bit, in my opinion, because I feel like here people are more encouraged. Oh, wait until you're like twenty nine to thirty two and get your kids, um, but you're at your most fertile. Where you're like as a woman, and when you're around twenty three, etc. So. It might be that also people are waiting at a certain age to get into the deep relationships, and they might even not, might not even be as fertile as the ones were, and they struggle also more with getting kids as well when they actually decide to try because they've been focusing mm-hmm. on, let's say, the career for the first. I don't know what people finish the university. Let's say around 23, 24 years old. Um, so that for the first six years, as they focus on the career, and then they feel like, okay. Now I'm at a financial place to be able to take care of them now I'm going to get kids and then they might struggle with that whereas as in other countries it's a family first approach you make it work no matter what um, and which I think is, is beautiful in that regard so, and which means that they are much more they are much more openness in terms of like building a family and from the ground up in the beginning when you meet somebody where they might have the family approach whereas you meet somebody here they'll be like yeah I want to do this first I want to um, experience this I want to have this title then we can think about having kids so I think that struggles but the last part now about Japan I mean they're taking a step too far with technology I mean you can basically have <laughs> sex with the robots in the metaverse and stuff and you, you can make you can feel it I mean Japan is among the most technology advanced countries I've been to but they take it too yeah. far where people feel like they don't even need to you need to have some kind of as a man in my opinion you need to have some kind of pent-up aggression, which is why you shouldn't, like, self-rely too much, and you should be incentivized to go out there, and not like a fucking bushman and, like, like a Neanderthal, but go out there and talk to women. like Instead of, like, like yeah, engaging people in the metaverse them. in that regard as well, like, you should be, have the willingness, the testosterone in your body built up to want to go out there and meet women. But since we have so easy dopamine, dopamine receptors now, that you pick up easy dopamine instead and easy... Uh, too easy, like gratitude. What do you say, like um, satisfaction? Satisfaction, exactly. You don't, you don't feel the need to do that anymore uh, when you have so advanced technologies. So I feel that's a detriment.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is true. Like the other day, I was asking this to my dad because my dad, uh, I mean, he had his golden golden da- golden days, and I asked him. <laughs> Bro, how did you do it? <laughs> like there was no DMing, there wasn't no, like uh, there was no Tinder, there was no Instagram, there wasn't no, like shit like that. And it was like, and you know, you personally, you guys personally know me really well, and you guys know that I, I usually don't also don't rely on those platforms. So I was like, but I think most people nowadays do. But it's much to do with the, the fact of how I am, and uh, and my dad just told me people used to go out much more back then. So you always go out somewhere, sometime, after work, do this, do that, go to the cinema, go to the bar, everywhere. It didn't matter the day or the week, so you just meet you could meet new one new people every day. And that's that's a rarity nowadays. Nobody knew, <laughs> nobody knows anyone, uh, aside from the group of friends that they've managed to do through forced relationships usually, through university, school, uh, or stuff like that, and never usually through just chatting to a stranger at a independent movie forum, I don't know, <laughs> whatever, something that you guys just really share as a common passion, and w- which could actually lead to a really beautiful relationship in the future. So uh, it's different,
0: but it's, yeah, it's still a part of why we were talking about this. People mm-hmm. are growing apart; they are going out yeah. of the natural way of yeah, was just, it was just just like human interaction. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's so easy to just make it virtual and people are seem way more confident just on the phone and i'm, I'm gonna open a kind of worms right now but then you have all of the the anxiety problems that come with interacting with everybody so everybody mm-hmm. is so fucking pent up everybody's so pent up around their own bubble and mm-hmm. they are very confident once when, when they're t- typing but when it comes to be face to face everybody's like oh no this is awkward i don't like to do this this yes. is weird and in the words of our good mentor, I would say, because we all, I think we all share it as a mentor, Jordan Peterson, and I'll be paraphrasing, we should always aim to be monsters. I, this is a bit like skewed application because it, it was telling a bit more in, in productivity, but we should always be aim to be monsters and not passive, but learn to control it. So we, we better be like a, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in the war. Mm-hmm more or less like this and this this goes well with what you just said because you should not be afraid of actually just saying hello to somebody else and trying to find out what you have in common and making yes. some decent eye contact and establishing a meaningful relationship even if it's just for this night because you might not see this person again but uh yeah this was my, my or story. you might or, or you or, might
1: or, or and she might be the, the wife the, the wife that she always dreamed of having so this is this is my small rant.
2: I also want to open a can of worms actually um, and I think considering this you can go so deep into the topic we're not going to be able to cover everything but um, one thing that I think plays a big part as well especially when it comes to like fertilizing and people like getting kids is porn in my opinion porn plays a big part um, because and I, someone I think it also was Jordan Peterson or someone else assessed it but imagine now a, a standard guy. And a girl, but I think it's mostly men that use porn excessively than women. Although you will have an exception to the norm. Um, with when you use porn excessively, you see you have seen women to a standard that you like people 50 years ago would never seen in their life and if you do this every day consistently for a consistent amount of time it does something to your brain when you have like the most average dude and i'm not going to define what that is or just look at him thinking that he deserves like the most amazing woman because that's the only thing he can get off to and excuse his brain when it looks like when he looks at the regular m- woman and he has this like Messed up worldview, and sometimes I'm just like, Man, go out and talk to women. Like, it's you it sound like you haven't even talked to a girl in fucking five years. Like, honestly, so I genuinely believe that poor is a big problem that also, it's also contributing to this. Because if you do, let's say, yeah, I, I wasn't going to bring something to this top, to this podcast, but now I'm gonna do it anyway. If you sit home every day and masturbate, masturbate excessively, what energy are you going to have to actually go and pursue genuine women out there? Yes, that's what I was saying. Like, honestly, it's like, I think that I think it's really bad for you. And I feel like a lot of people are addicted to it, but they don't even realize it. There was a study, um, I, I wish I had it up now, but I read it like maybe like half a year ago, and I said it to my friend, where they analyzed the people of um, excessive porn users to the people that were like addicted to cocaine and had the same brain structure. So people don't realize that it's Damn. an addiction as well.
0: And I'm, I'm no, going to challenge you both. Mm -hmm. to keep this kind of worms for a different podcast because I'm liking where this is going but I didn't want to go down this route at least yeah I'm just talking
1: about the problem of porn could be a podcast itself
0: yeah that's why that's why I'm leaving it as a challenge and something that we will talk about in the future because I'm also interested in discussing it Uh, we all have our own experiences but in general just to wrap up the problem part Mm -hmm. um, I think regardless of whether or not it's a uh, the female component searching for other options or kids being a financial investment in the financial decision or people growing apart in general all of these can get like neatly packaged into our what we call our culture and i think to solve most of this these issues are cultural and um, i would say yes you need to be self-aware that you want to make a cultural change so we'll just step into what at least i would like to discuss as possible solutions or where we see this going Um, but you Eddie know better than me and Diogo Mm. but I think in Scandinavian Finland so the Nordic countries of Europe children are supported from very young age and even if you go to school like it's very normal for them to be independent earlier and you receive Mm -hmm. money to go to school this is something that at least in Portugal is unheard of and we're like what the fuck is this like We, we don't know what this is this is a privilege that you guys have and Still, if you go and search for Scandinavian countries and Finland, their uh, fertility rate, number of kids per wo- per woman, are lower than two. So it's not the full solution, but it helps because it's higher than Portugal, for instance. The number yeah. of kids they have.
2: No, no no but he's completely right, and it's like I feel it also really helps people that come to the country. I mean, to be honest, my parents were immigrants, although they worked here and stuff, but uh, and they studied here and stuff. But like we, so if we were four children. And obviously school is completely free, so there's no cost. What it means is that, in my opinion, you cannot blame the financial part when you have kids in Sweden because we have so much help for it, although it depends on how your living standard, of course. But what it means is that school is free and every parent's... Well, this was was when I was a kid, it's probably even more now probably, but they got a little bit over 100 euros per month per kid. Subsidy by the government so every person every parent got this no matter your income or whatever um, As well, and then this type of money goes to the kid from the age of 16 to his account So you don't basically need to ask your parents for an allowance because most kids if you get food at home You get food in school, etc. You don't need much more than 100 euros per month like to spend on fun stuff at 16 years of age Just that in case you're an excessive shopper or whatever Um, So that was really helpful, but also when it comes to like the work part. Um, also you have maternity leave I guess you have that in most countries But we have paternity leave as well I don't know to what extent So what normally happens is that the mom would be home With uh, the child for I don't know how long it is but, And then we'll, the dad would take over Which helps because it helps the mom To get back into work earlier as well And then the dad can take the well-earned break as well So we already have a lot of incentives To help people to um, That might struggle with the financing And organizing the mom and dad part to incentivize them to actually continue doing that, but as you said, it doesn't—it hasn't helped completely. But I think it helps really. It really helps people that might not be as um, financially successful as others, because it shouldn't. It doesn't really matter how poor you are as a kid; you'll always be fine.
0: Well, let me let me just present a counterpoint because even mm-hmm. though you have a lot of financial aid, mm-hmm. you still need to feed, clothe, and keep this creature alive. Yes. So basically, you have like a small person that's trying to kill itself at every corner, and you need to keep them fed because otherwise they'll cry. You need to keep them clothes otherwise, and they ruin clothes like on a daily basis. Kids, it's, they're kids; they're gonna yeah, run yeah. around and do do random things, and uh, so you need to invest in attention into this person and into educating somebody at your own image. So you get the chance to create somebody, which is a very nice. Or raise somebody from very young age, which is a very nice experience. I, I never had it, and I can only imagine it. But at least I would, I think, I would like it. Um, easier for me to say because I don't actually have to carry them around for nine months. But mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, it's also financial because you need to feed them, and food already for a third or a fourth person per month. At least if it was here in Germany, I would assume between 250, 350 three hundred fifty euro uh, per week or, or per month per month okay good yeah just as a, like a i'm gonna give this as like a reference maybe it's a bit it's a bit above or below but it's in this ballpark yeah. um then you need to close this this guy and kids they grow very fast so between i would say like zero years of age and they're 16 years of age they're growing and you need to new buy new shoes buy new sweatshirts and this is a, a high cost at the end of the day because you need to renew their wardrobe very very often and then, of course, that maybe a school in Sweden is free. In Germany, it's also free from what I know. Um, but you also have s- s- costs around school. Then this kid's going to have hobbies because you want them to be the best version of himself. So you're probably going to put them into music school or mm-hmm. s- any mm-hmm. type of sport. And that's going to incur in some cost. And he's going to have medical bills or because they break their arm at some point. Of course, at insurance in Germany. Medical, no in problem
2: in Sweden. Sweden. That I was of just course. put there. No problem. In, in the Sweden. US, it would be. Yeah, yeah but let's not go into that. But in Sweden, that's we like, like you don't have much more about medicals yes. at all. At least we, yeah, exactly. But, but basically my point there. is, okay. oh, not, Portugal sorry. is the same.
0: Portugal no. is the same, yeah. But uh, it's my, my point being, of course 100 euros helps and uh, of course it always helps and having money for you to study is also very good. Uh, it's better than Portugal and it, it shows in the fertility rate uh, but still it's a decision that people need to make because at the, at the end of the day you're bringing somebody new to the world mm-hmm. and it was maybe simpler back in the day. It was just you, you're having kids, and it's not that complicated, and you just, it's part of your life. It's expected. Now it's just career is what's expected, and kids is like a side quest. Yeah, and no, no, that's what I don't like about it. But yeah, you're completely right. But obviously, the
2: 100 euros is not completely enough like for everything, but it helped, because also have to think about from the age of like two in Sweden, they go to kindergarten, so they get already... They get breakfast in kindergarten, they get lunch in kindergarten, and they get a snack around 3 p.m. in kindergarten. So, you most likely, it will go to the dinner, and if they want, like, an evening snack. So, that's a lot a lot of the meals are taken out from the cost of the parents directly. Even um, yeah, so that's what I say, like, so the 100, 100 euros... Also, you won't cover everything, but it has a big influence when you take all these things into account with the food parts that the school covers as well for the children. Of course, as you said, hobbies are like stuff like I played drums when I was a child, so my mom my parents play, pay that obviously a monthly cost. So, obviously, those type of things are the things that cost money, and the clothes, especially because you have to grow out of them. But I feel like the food part is the least amount of the problem, and the school cost, which I think is the big. Big cost that would have a big influence in other countries per se.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I accept your your defense and just as a as a, as I wrote in my article, as a just ballpark number as well, the cost of raising a kid in the U.S. from zero to eighteen is now in two thousand twenty two at two thousand seven hundred seventy two. Oh no! Sorry. Two. Yeah. Like, that's I was like that's cheap. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, that was 000, sorry. Two hundred seventy two k. Okay, so okay, 20 yeah, 20 fair enough. Yeah, that's so that's how lot. much you spend on a kid from 0 to...
1: 18. 18.
0: Yeah, in the US. And not counting college, not counting university. 100, 100, 100. So you're investing a third of a million dollars in a kid. Fair enough, a fourth, let's say a fourth. fourth. Yeah. 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 being generous. Um, yeah, but... Okay, let, let this is just a fact. Let's leave it out in here and leave <laughs> Yoko's face of amazement be the same as when he found out cats blew up in the microwave. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um Let's then try to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest problem, and this is going to be very encompassing and vague, and at the best, but it's cultural. So it's cultural. So in the same way, where in the fifties it was normal to go out, or maybe even earlier, but then you had the Second World War, and it's not to say so representative because it's a different time. But fifties through through today. You had this different culture of going out, meeting people. You needed to interact in person. That, of course, has a different impact on how your life evolves from this point uh, than what we have now where we're just here talking about something that we wouldn't be able to talk about in the 50s because we couldn't have a Zoom call and have Etty in in Malmö, Sweden, and we in Munich and be so so close together. So it brings us closer, but it brings us apart in, in... Making it easier to not have physical contact, and at the end of the day, it's normal now to have less than two kids. If people have one kid or no kids because career is more important. Um, yeah, and I, this is unfortunately the cultural um, the culture I'm seeing in Western societies. Graphs don't lie, and they, they don't predict it's going to change. But I would, my the, the optimistic part of me would like to believe. That whenever we get to the crossroads where we see, oh shit, Europe is really going down the old, mm. so old uh, population, outnumbering the working force by a lot. And people having like a shock and at that point having a cultural change and going to normalize having kids again as a normal thing of our human nature. Yeah, that's my my summary of what I think is going Mm -hmm. to be the way for a solution it's not easy it's unimaginably complex but I think we need to be put into the the position where it's a very big big problem and for me it was I just found out about this that's why I brought it up to you Mm -hmm. nobody I feel is talking about this everybody feels otherwise and as long as we keep it this way nothing's going to change
2: you're hoping for a baby boom
0: well, I'm hoping for a baby boom as a consequence of somebody saying, holy shit, this is going a very, down a very dark road, like we need to change our approach. And humans are the best at creating or solving problems out of need. You can also yeah. see this in your probably in your personal life. When you need to solve something, you're going to put yeah. it on the effort and you do it. If you don't need to, you just leave it in the back burner and it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'll, care, I'll care about it later. But I think as a world, we have this mentality as well. So environmental problems now we're caring about them yeah, we in the busy. 50s like you will see a very big cloud of smoke and people like ah oh, this is probably not good but they won't care agreed so it's uh out of need like all of the wind and solar power that we have now it's not easier than having like oil being burned
1: i wonder I conceptually wonder it's that, easier but
0: yeah i wonder what the effects would be if if porn was banned that's a nice, nice conversation. Let's leave it for the next podcast, though.
1: Not in the sense of that. I, th- I think people would just like start searching for partners much more avidly.
0: Imagine imagine you didn't have so much easiness to communicate with people. You would need to have meetings in person, so you would like probably just call someone up and say, let's meet at this cafe and just hit it up. Yeah. But, yeah, do you guys have any closing remarks? Because at least from my point, I, I've said everything I wanted to say.
2: No, I think you said what you... I uh, think you wrapped it up nicely.
0: And it is time to wrap
2: up anyway from a time perspective. So, no, I think I hope for baby boom as well. People just um, humping each other and uh, hoping for better time. <laughs> yes. That sounded very day. wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hump season. Pump season. <laughs> Let's go, boys. Hump day. Well, I'm we're going to leave it here then. Um... As always, thank you guys for watching from listening to us, just interact with us as as you find fit and leave us some reactions because we do. appreciate it. And of points, of perspectives, of arguments always welcome. Challenges. So yeah, from my side, I'm signing off. See you next time. Bye. Well, I-